0: Hey, what's going on everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and welcome to the first episode of Mario's Minutes. Now, for anybody who's wondering what this is, you're probably watching this right as it comes out or shortly after it comes out, and if you are... Welcome, thank you very much for your viewership, thank you for lending an ear, it's beyond appreciated. Uh, So you might be asking, what the hell is Mario's Minute? Well, I'm going to get into this. Uh, Mario's Minute is going to be a podcast, or it is a podcast since we're doing it now. Uh, That is going to be a solo podcast that I am doing. Now, it's not going to be solo all the time, I do have plans for this podcast, I have a vision of what I want to do here. I'm going to be releasing this on a monthly schedule. This is going to come out at the end of the month, like near the end of the month. Uh, I plan to have this release on the final Wednesday of every month, uh, and I want to stick to this as well. Uh, I know this is not going to garner a whole ton of views. I know this is not going to be doing major numbers or anything. uh, But the reason why I want to do this is because I want to have kind of a personal, therapeutic... It could be event. It could just be a commentary type thing. I I want to have that on the channel. I actually miss doing that for anybody who's been on the channel for a while. uh, You probably and for a while, maybe at least like a year and a half or two years. uh, You probably remember that I used to do gameplay commentaries where I would just take a topic. I would talk about it. I would discuss a few things. Uh, It could have been something related to modding. It could have been a news article. It could have been anything could just been like a, a life issue that I had or a life story and i would talk about it and then i would sync that up to some gameplay and upload it well i haven't done commentaries in a while one because i've been more selective with the content i'm putting out and two they've been a bit overplayed and kind of run into the ground unfortunately which i'll be honest i truly miss i I actually do miss doing those Uh, but if i started doing them again on the channel i don't know it would just it would seem kind of out of place at this point because i just i don't do them anymore But you know what could work out? A podcast. So that's what my plan is here. I'm going to aim for, you know, 45-minute, one-hour episodes or so. Whenever I have a guest on, I'm sure we can easily go an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it might be. Uh, So we'll see what's up. As for any type of guests we're going to have on, uh, well, we as in just myself, any type of guests that will be on here, Uh, I do have a list of people that I plan on asking, uh, whether they accept or deny. It's totally up to them. We have to work with different schedules because if it's just me, I can record whenever the hell I want to, really, as long as I get it out by the end of the month. If I'm working with someone else, I have to work with their schedule, and they might say no. It depends on what it is, but it's not going to be specific to a certain type of person or genre or whatever it is. As I said, I'm going to go into these episodes with a list of topics. I might be rambling here and there. And I'm, I plan to have different people on. I plan to have people that might be known within the modding community. I have people that I'm probably not going to work with on any other type of content. Or I might just have friends that have no social media presence whatsoever, but I feel like we can have a good conversation. And that's what I'm aiming for with this podcast as well, too. I just want it to be a somewhat entertaining conversation piece, like something you can listen to in the background or... Uh, really anything else. Although I have not done a guest episode yet, because this is the first episode, kind of, that I have done, the reason why I'm speaking on that now is because even when I have guests on here, uh, I'm going to most likely be having friends and friends of the show, not just like random people. I don't want it to just be an interview with them. I want it to be a conversation. Uh, really, I'll just bring them in and I'll say, hey, look, you, you know when we get into a call or we, we hang out and we have a conversation, Just imagine we're doing the exact same thing, except the only difference is, before we start the conversation, I press a button, and at the end of the conversation, I press that button again. That's really going to be the main difference on there. And that's how a lot of podcasts are born, actually. It's normally some people who get together, and they have all these crazy conversations, and they say, these are really entertaining. These would be great. Maybe we can get our opinion out there if we recorded this. And there's actually one friend of mine who... I remember back in college, we we had that idea, uh, and I approached him about doing something like this, and he agreed to it, and it never happened. It never happened, so uh, I'm not gonna say his name, but he is one of the people that I do wanna have on here. I, I do have a list of maybe 10 or 15 people that I plan on asking, and we'll see. And for guest episodes, I might do something like, every other month so you get a solo podcast you get a guest podcast solo guest uh, and maybe maybe I'm not going to be too critical or too crazy on that Uh, but next month I'll see if I can get a guest on here so we can get a feel for having a solo episode and having a guest episode now I said that I'm kind of doing this first episode here kind of The reason why I'm saying that is, I actually have a episode 0, so, if you are listening to this or watching it on YouTube, if you check down below in the description, I'm going to have a unlisted link to a video on my second channel where I recorded episode 0, and because of that, that was my test run, that was my thing where I wanted to make sure, you know, I had the flow down, and I even said in there, I know it's not going to be perfect at first, I know it's probably going to be a little bit awkward. Honestly, at this point, I have felt myself warming up. I feel like it's taken me two or three minutes to get started in this recording before I initially warmed up. And if I stop recording now and start over again, I'm going to lose that momentum. So so be it. Whatever we do, so be it. Uh, But I wanted to give a few thank yous on there. First off, big thank you to... Uh, I almost goofed up his name, but uh, James, otherwise known as Shingoro, uh, he actually gave some great recommendations, great tips on it, which you can see his comment down in the video, Uh, and also another big shout out to Jason or Escort Do, who also gave some good recommendations and feedback as well, because prior to this, that episode, what I did was, if you're following me on Twitter, which if you're not, I would suggest you do, Uh, it'd be awesome if you did, and much appreciated. But I had this idea, and I said, hey, I plan on doing some kind of long-form project, and I really want to get some feedback. I'm going to try it out tonight. I'm going to upload it, and if you are interested, please let me know, and I will send you a link. And and a few people took the link, uh, and I only got a little bit of feedback, but it it was more than enough than what I needed. Also, another big shout-out, I didn't get any direct feedback ...on the episode content from him, but huge shout-out to Devin, otherwise known as Paranoid Coder, otherwise known as the co-host of Mod Chat. It is actually thanks to him I got this name, uh, because that was one of the issues that I had. I could not think of a damn name for this podcast, and he suggested Mario's Minute. Actually, I think he said Mario Minute or something. I I, I don't remember, but I think I I then went back and I said Mario's Minutes. And he was like, well, if you you say Mario's Minute, I, I feel like that's going to flow a little bit better. And he's one of those people that I trust. He is a big podcast guy. Uh, he's only on one. He's only on my Chat. Uh, but he's a big consumer of podcasts. And that was the type of feedback I was getting. I got feedback from some friends that listened to a lot of other podcasts. And that was what I was aiming for. That is what I was aiming for. So that's why I've been doing this. Uh, coming back to it all, this kind of a Fun, therapeutic release for me. Uh, if you want to know any other personal stuff about me, this is kind of an opportunity for me to get personal. It's not going to be really edited in any crazy way. I have an idea for the visuals of what I'm going to do on here, but for the most part, for the audio, I kind of just want to have something where I hit record, I talk, and then when I feel like I'm done... I press the stop button and that's it. I don't want to do anything else too crazy on there. So for anybody that's saying, hey, you know, that's way too easy or that's lazy or whatever it is, I, I, you're not wrong. I, I I'll say that. You're not wrong. Um, and I'll get into that later in a bit, but I'll actually go down my list of topics here that I want to talk about. I want to talk about visiting my old game store. We're going to get into some personal stuff, maybe. Uh, I'll talk about scheduling on the channel, some traveling I've been doing, games I've been playing, uh, some TV shows, and I want to wrap it off with some YouTube stuff that I have not spoken about before. Uh, So with that, let's go ahead and segue into the next thing here, which will be uh, the story of visiting my old game store. Now, this ended up happening, uh, I want to say it it was around Christmas time. So what ended up happening was uh, I was with my girlfriend, and at one point, we decided to check out a few game shops. Uh, And I was in the area where the game store I used to work at, this is the very first job I had. I started working there when I was in high school. I worked there for about two and a half years, uh, and the retail, man, like... That, that job, I, I learned a lot from it. I learned, you know, how to uh, break the ice easily. I learned how to interact with people a lot more. Uh, I, I will say that actually, like, no no lie on this, that jo- that job really helped me get better with talking to women. <laughs> as awkward as that sounds, I know, it's awkward. Just, just imagine, hey, dude, I, I was a nerd at the time, still am, but 16-year-old nerd, kind of got, you know, all those weird butterflies and stuff when thinking about talking to a girl or whatever it might be. Some people have no issue with it my issue dramatically lessened, because I had to talk to strangers all the time, every single day, and I remember I worked at that summer, and after doing that for two or three months straight, I was able to come back into school, and I had a whole new game, I had a whole new confidence, I was able to talk with people easily, it was really one of those nice things, that's the cool thing about retail, if... Even if you're an introvert such as myself, you're forced to talk to people and you do develop that skill of socializing properly, of talking with people, of being cordial with others. Because if you don't do all that stuff, you're not going to get paid very well. You're not going to be getting hours. Your stuff's going to get docked because you're a horrible employee or you're going to get fired. What most places do, though, because they don't want to fire their employees, if you're bad, they just give you less and less hours to the point where you're getting like two hours a week. And they want you to quit. They don't want to fire you. They want you to quit. That's just a tip to, you know, anyone younger out there. But what ended up happening was... I started working there. I remember at the time we had one shop. Then we escalated into two shops. And we were doing really well. And the reason why I quit is because I went on to college. And I got college jobs. And man, like my my jobs I had on campus, I didn't want to go back to retail, man. I did not want to go back. Uh, I was able to be more flexible with my schedule. I was able to do more what I wanted to do. And I was getting paid more. And I didn't have to deal with the retail bullshit. I didn't have to deal with that, which was excellent. So what happened was, unfortunately... After I quit, the place dramatically went downhill in terms of management, in terms of employees, um, and in terms of just enjoyment with the job as well, too. I remember at one point it was really heartbreaking because I I had some friends that worked there, and I talked with them. And they were saying, I don't want to get too much into the drama, uh, but they were saying, you know, we don't even enjoy working here at this point. We are working here for... This reason, or for whatever reason, I don't want to get into that directly. Um, Speculate all you want, I guess. But what ended up happening was now uh, pretty much everyone I know no longer works there. Uh, I guess the boss would be the same. Uh, But there was one person who I forgot he still worked there, and he did. I got to run into him. Uh, But man, you know, I wanted to go to another game shop, and they were closed. And I'm just like, well, I, I talked to my girlfriend. I was like, I really don't want to go in there. Like, there's a lot of. A lot of stuff I don't like about the store. And if I don't like the store, I don't really want to support them. And I've heard bad things about them. And I've seen bad reviews. But I still kind of want to go to a video game shop. Would you mind going here with me? And she's like, yeah, sure, that's fine. So we end up going to my old game shop. And we went to the good one, right? The good one that's supposed to be on the good side of town. The one that was awesome. First off, we walk in there. The place is just depressing. It's dark. It felt dingy. It was cold. It was cold, like, we are bundled up, we're wearing jackets everything, and I'm just kind of standing there like, oh, it's a a little bit chilly in here, it's kind of unnerving. Uh, What I did was, I was looking at the games, and they got me in a trap, I I looked around, and uh, there were two guys that were working there, one of them I knew, um, knew him pretty well, but just haven't talked with him in a while, and the other guy, I've never seen his face before, but what happened was, I walked in there, and I ended up grabbing a few games they had original xbox games and they had them pretty cheap as well so i decided to pick up some of the games that i wanted to grab and it was really disappointing hey lily what's going on see this another thing with how casual this podcast is going to be like my my dog's just going to come over here you might hear her stepping on things you might hear her duck squeak whatever it is Uh, but point is you know going back to this i you know grab my games i take them up to the counter and another thing with the games was that they were all really cold like they they were ice cold Because I'm not exaggerating with this. The store was cold. It was not pleasurable to be in. There was no background noise. There was no music that was playing. There was no game trailers. There was nothing else. It was just all there was was just silence and occasional people speaking and you could hear people shuffling around it was not an inviting warm environment to be in and it was not an enjoyable shopping experience by any means Uh, the only enjoyment I really got was I got to get a few games I wanted and I got to see a friend who I forgot he still works there I thought he moved on to another job but no he still works there and I even kind of asked him I was like Dude, it's cold in here. And he just said, Yeah, well, you know, all I know is when I started working at this store, uh, boss didn't turn on the heat. And that, that that's all it is. You know how the rest goes. And I'm just like, Yeah, I, I, I know how the rest goes. It was incredibly disappointing. I even looked around and, you know, uh, just the organization wasn't very on point. Uh, They were uh, the posters weren't looking that good. As I said, the place was just dark because they didn't have too many lights running. And there's a lot of natural light that comes into the store, but you still need lights on in the store. I think they were just cutting a lot of costs. So I don't know how this shop's financial situation is anymore. Uh, But then the final thing, too, was I looked and in the back... Uh, You can kind of see, you know, they had like a bunch of racks of games and not really games, but no, like uh, console accessories and SD cards and all that stuff. I'm just visualizing when I used to work there. We had a ton of SD cards. I don't know if they still did, but point is like behind the counter, they have a few racks just full of peripherals and accessories and all this other stuff. Uh, And then I looked at the top of that and they had those typical tiles that you would see in like any industrial building. Um, or any school that are supposed to, you know, be, be the low hanging ceiling because there's a ceiling and there's like that soft, low hanging ceiling, you know, and there was water damage. Like there were just like these, some of them were missing. Some of them were broken. Some of them were just like, had like brown spots all over them. It wasn't mold. It was water damage. It could turn into mold easily, but I could see water damage right there. And I'm just like, good God, this place has uh, the, the people managing it. Now the people who run it, they don't have any pride in the store. And it was truly disappointing and it didn't sink in with me how disappointing it was until afterwards we ended up going to a dollar store and the dollar store was very comfortable. It was very bright and it was warm. And again, this was during December, so it was during the winter time. I even told my girlfriend, I was like, you realize that the dollar store we're in, the place where everything is $1, the place where everything is supposed to be cheap is a much better place to shop at just from an experience compared to the game shop that we just went to. The last thing on that as well, too, was uh, I decided to check out my games because that's just something I do whenever I buy used games. uh, I'll go somewhere else or I might be in the store and I'll just, you know, open them, take them out of the case, you know, take the disc out, flip it over, see how it looks. All of the games, uh, like when I used to work there, I used to resurface them. Unless there was a game that was pristine, you'd have had like two little scratches on it I would resurface it. Uh, Some of my games were not resurfaced. The other ones, they were resurfaced or buffed out, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But they didn't look good. They had little swirly scratches all around them. And I know they're not using a disc doctor. I know that they should be using a good resurfacing machine of some kind. So I don't know if they're just not taking care of it, or if they downgraded the machine, or if they're just not caring as much. But I wasn't very pleased with the quality of the resurfacing job that was on these discs. Uh, was it enough for me to return the discs? No, because they still looked okay. I've gotten worse condition at thrift stores. Uh, and they were all playable. I was able to rip all the games over, because they were Xbox games. I ripped all of them over successfully. I had no disc read issues. So that wasn't really on my mind. It was just... It was the principle of it. It was truly the principle of it, unfortunately. And I think that was another cost-saving measure as well, too. So... Got to see my old game store. That was not a good experience uh, just because, you know, it, it tainted the nice fond memory that I had of it before. I think... Sometimes there's things that you you shouldn't revisit. I did get some good deals on games. like I got Blinks 1 and 2, and I got uh, The Warriors on Xbox, and a few other games, which I've been really into the original Xbox recently. Uh, but it was funny, too. I guess last thing I'll say on that, this is part of the conversation there. Uh, but when I was talking with my friend that worked there, he was telling me, oh, you know, you're smart for getting all these right now, because I've been telling people a bunch of these original Xbox games, they're probably going to be backwards compatible by the end of next year next year he meant 2018 and I said well I don't know you know they only released 13 games so far uh, Microsoft has openly said that they're more doing the original Xbox backwards compatibility on Xbox One as a fan service not really so much as a hey we have to get as many games as we can on there so uh, I predict in 2018 we might see you know 2017 we got 13 games on the original Xbox on Xbox One 2018 we might get like 30 new games and that's fine uh, but he was saying that all the games I was picking up are probably going to be backwards compatible. And I said, well, I'm going to correct you there. I highly doubt we will see Blinks 1 and 2 be backwards compatible. Uh, In short, Blinks was a lovable, time-controlling cat. And he ended up getting a sequel. You know, Microsoft actually kind of tried with it. We got Blinks a time sweeper, and then we got Blinks 2. And the game was just overall okay. And Microsoft really tried to market it. And it, it might be a little bit controversial, what I'm saying, but... It almost seemed like they were trying to make this be Xbox's Mario. Uh, completely different genre and everything else, but the Xbox was very, known, very well known for Master Chief. It was the Halo system. Master Chief, Spartan 117, John. Uh, but they needed something for kids as well, too. And they didn't have a character to promote with that. I'm thinking if Sony tried it with Sackboy for a while, although Little Big Planet's really not much of a thing on PS4. But they were trying to make that a thing. Uh, in the PS1 days, you know, they had Crash Bandicoot and Spyro; those were the icons. Nintendo, of course, they have Mario. And I feel like it, it, with Microsoft, they wanted Blinks for the Xbox. It didn't happen. Uh, it it didn't happen to the point like it just it, it fell off so badly that when <laughs> when the trademark for Blinks. Ended up falling off. They didn't renew it. They just kind of quietly said, you know what? We're just, we're. do we really need to renew that? Like, do we really need it? Like, guys, I'm not talking about re-releasing a game or a license for the game. I'm talking about the the trademark for it. <laughs> I, I don't know where it's at at this point. I don't want to look it up right now and make a whole bunch of noise with my keyboard. Uh, but in short, my, Microsoft just really wants to bury Blinks and just forget that that ever happened twice. But uh, Microsoft, we know. We know what happened, we know. So, kind of going back to the channel here, I'm going to go kind of back and forth a little bit between YouTube stuff and other types of things, Uh, but when it comes to the channel here, I'm actually doing a little bit of uh, schedule changing. Now, I do want to say I want to put this into perspective a little bit. Uh, I plan to release this episode on January 31st. I am filming this earlier or recording it earlier. I'm actually specifically doing this on the 15th, so I'm not sure how the rest of my analytics and everything else are going to look, Uh, but in short... 2017 was the best year i had on youtube Uh, and i'm going to get into some more of the details there uh, near the end of this episode But i just want to say you know for a multitude of different reasons uh, growth viewership uh, even yes monetization uh, but just everything else like linking up with different people the content i was making 2017 has been my favorite year on youtube and if we can make 2018 be just as great or even greater, that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, we'll see what the future holds for sure. We'll see what happens. Uh, but one thing I did in 2017 was I decided to stick with a schedule. You see what I used to do is I used to be like, you know what? whenever I make a video, uh, I'll just I'll, I'll just upload whenever I feel like it. Uh, but it had no consistency. Sometimes I would upload every day. sometimes I'd, uh, I would upload every two days, sometimes I'd upload every three days, and then four days later, and then two days later. You know, there's no consistency. I did upload every single week uh, for as long as I can remember. I think the only time I really went for a while without uploading was like near the end of 2011 or going into 2012. Sometimes I wouldn't upload for like a week or two, and that was fine. Uh, But for the longest time for the past several years, I have at minimum uploaded weekly, like maybe even at minimum uploaded twice a week. I think maybe the you know what? I think the longest I might have uploaded. I don't even remember the exact time frame, uh, but I just remember. I think it was maybe for about a week I could not upload because at one point I had uh, a couple of strikes on the channel. Uh, they were community guideline strikes, and when you get that second strike, you are you're prevent you cannot upload for two weeks and I already had a few unlisted videos in the chamber so I kind of released some stuff that was unlisted that I wasn't super happy with just to have that consistency Uh, but I remember I think I at one point I went like four or five days or something even longer without uploading because I released my last unlisted video and I just kind of sat there like shit I can't I I I I I can't upload anything else right now even if I want to because I cannot Uh, but then you know we got that resolved and everything thankfully that's that was a bad time. But, 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 going back over to this, uh, I decided to start up a schedule. So, this is actually something I talked about with um, a YouTube person prior. Uh, I actually had at one point, I Can't get in contact with him anymore. Don't even know if he works there, but I had a channel manager for a brief amount of time and he gave me a few tips. Some of them were, you know, uh, set up a schedule. Another one was, you know, make an icon, whatever it is, uh, an icon for the thumbnail, which you might see now I've integrated in. Uh, But the last thing I really did out of all the advice that was given to me from him was I put in a schedule and I should have done that a long time ago. Now, funny enough, I used to upload three or four videos a week. And then I started uploading less. I set a hard schedule of I would upload on Wednesday and I would upload Saturday each day at 3 p.m. I picked 3 p.m. because I'm going to give you all a little bit of knowledge here as well, too, if you're in the YouTube game. Uh, I actually learned of this from Daryl Leaves, who I would recommend checking him out. But he ended up saying, uh, he made a video at one point that was like, what is the best time to upload? And he said a lot of people go into their analytics and they see, all right, 7 p.m., that is when I get the most views. I'm going to upload this video at 7 p.m. That is not what you should do. What you should do is you should look at your organic time, And find about the average time frame when people are watching your videos the most. For me, I noticed that people just organically watch my videos the most and my channel gets the most traffic at about 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. You want to find that time and upload two or three hours prior to that. So that's what I did. I saw that I believe at the time I got my most viewership at 5 p.m so i bumped it back two hours i would upload like schedule my videos to release at 3 pm i did it on wednesday so you get something throughout the week and i did it on saturday so you get something on the weekend guaranteed and almost immediately after implementing that schedule just everything started popping off properly on the analytics front everything was doing great on there Uh, now granted i was uploading less but i was getting more viewership And I even had several, now this is more anecdotal evidence, but I had several friends talk with me and they just kind of brought up the channel and they said, yeah, I noticed you've been uploading more. And I laughed and I said, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at you, but you're wrong. I've actually been uploading less. I used to upload three or four times a week. I upload twice a week, but it shows me that you are, that this is working because you just told me that I'm uploading more, even though I'm uploading about half as much as I used to prior. And this worked out great because I'm one of those people where I like to do batch production of my videos, where sometimes in a day, I might make a video and hold on to it for a few months, or maybe in one day, I'll hammer out three or four videos. I like to do stuff like that. Uh, now, I recently made a change here. I made it, you know, in early January, and I'm actually bringing that back a little bit. And this is all personal stuff, this is all personal on on my end, uh, but I just noticed that It was stressing me out a little bit. Uh, Not only that, but I was just spending too much time, I felt like, on YouTube and not enough time on other things. And it really, the the thing that opened my eyes was at one point I had a bunch of stuff preloaded, which I normally do. But in December... I was gone for two weeks so I uploaded content for two weeks then I uploaded content for another two weeks and near the end of December I was just really relaxing and I was just playing games and having fun and I remember at one point when I was just sitting there through like a three or four hour gaming session of Grand Theft Auto I'm like you know I haven't done this in a while I haven't just played for hours on end for fun. And that's really disappointing. I'd like to do this a little bit more. Uh, Yeah, you know, at the core of it, I want to play more video games. I want to do other stuff. But it's more, I kind of want that disconnect. Uh, There were a lot of times where, admittedly, I was putting YouTube ahead of maybe other things I had to do in the apartment or other things in my life. Uh, Also, as well, too, uh, shortly after changing this, uh, putting the schedule into effect, like uploading two videos a week, that would have been fine. Uh, And it still could be Okay. Uh, but what ended up happening was I ended up taking on a role where I had to travel a lot more. And when I travel, I don't produce content. I just, I don't. I don't record content. Uh, there was one trip where I did decide to edit a bunch of videos that I had. So I would just, like, come back to the hotel and be um, editing some videos before I went to bed. Uh, but I don't record anything. And I have tried, and it's just when when I'm not out of my, like, when when I'm traveling somewhere, I, I don't even feel like Producing a video or making a video or doing any of that other stuff Which is good because you you should have that disconnect and I feel like that's how it should be Unless it's your job to vlog or you're doing you're traveling specifically to create a video which I've done that sometimes before But in short, it just felt like I was spending a unhealthy amount of time uh, Doing you know video content creation all that stuff Uh, and people might be saying oh well You could just you know do your batch uploads and everything else Uh, Well, that was a thing as well too i was doing that for a bit uh, but then i was because of how i was traveling even more frequent near the end of the year i was having to i I was i was burning myself out in a way you know getting everything out there um just the way i was managing time and doing some other stuff so uh, i'm actually it's not going to be too bad now uh, what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to be xing out uh wednesday uploads and just hold your horses on that i'm going to be uploading videos every weekend so prior to this uh, in a month i would upload eight videos let's say i would release eight videos on average per month one of them was mod chat so okay i would create i would do one live stream per month and seven videos on average every month uh, what i'm going to be doing here is i'm just going to have my videos be on the weekends so i'll do on average four videos a month and then I'm going to have mod chat once a month. So I'm going to be doing one stream and four videos. But that's also why I brought this podcast in here as well too. Because I wanted to take on another project. I wanted to do something more personal. Uh, something that would also be long form and enjoyable as well too. Um, and something to put the video out there. Uh, but also be something that I'm proud of. Something that I do enjoy. And something that I can have fun doing. Because this is going to be something that I have fun doing. And that's what it comes down to as well. I'm going to tell you all. There were multiple times, I was uploading videos to fill in my schedule. Um, I was doing quantity, not quality. And there were several times I caught myself doing that. And I was still getting it out there. I wanted to be consistent. And, you know, I'm happy I did at the same time, uh, because the channel really did do well with its growth. Uh, But at the same time, you know, if I'm doing I I noticed when I downgraded from, you know, three or four videos a week to two videos a week, I started looking at my content more and there were several videos I canceled or I said, you know what, this is not good. Um, So my, my quality started, my, my bar for quality started bumping up. And of course it wasn't perfect. There were videos that surprisingly, there were videos that people loved where I was like, why do people love this? I, it's not really that good, at least in my opinion. Uh, But then at the same time, there, we're now going to be doing this where I feel like I'm going to be even i'll raise the bar a little bit higher for myself Uh, the channel is also big enough now where i feel like i should be producing higher quality stuff Uh, now it's not going to be you know crazy crazy production quality i'm probably never going to have that i think people come to youtube for the texture uh, not the production itself But on top of that, I will admit there are a few videos that I want to do and there's another project that I have on hand that I want to do and I want to start doing this year. Uh, Maybe do two episodes or four episodes of this a year, Uh, but it's going to take a long time to do. And when it was coming to that, when I was just trying to batch produce a lot of videos and this is what it was, if I was gone for two weeks, I had to produce six episodes. And uh, like six videos, uh, because I would want to cover my track. So I would do, let's see, you know, that would be three weekends. And then I would do two videos. And then I didn't want to work immediately when I came back. So let's say if I was gone for two weeks straight, I would make sure I had a video for every weekend. Like the weekend I left, the weekend I was gone, the weekend I came back. And then I would make sure I had three Wednesday videos. I would have one for the first week, have one for the second week, and have one for the third week just in case I came back. And I said, you know what, I'm tired, I'm drained, I don't want to do any videos uh, for a bit. So that would happen. Uh, It worked out well enough. As I said, like the numbers look good, but I wasn't happy with the quality many times. Uh, So this is also going to give me time to work on some more daunting projects that I want to do. I know I'm sounding very general about that. I am keeping that general. I'm one of those people I don't want to reveal a video that I've done until it is done and edited and ready to go or it's published. That's why I normally don't really tell people like, hey, I'm going to work on this video or this video is coming out. And if I do say something like that, I make damn sure the video is done and rendered and ready to be uploaded like in two seconds. (laughs) So, that's what we're doing on there. Uh, also, four videos. That's going to lessen the, uh, the the workload for me as well too. Uh, and also, just in short, you know, YouTube is not my full time content creation gig. Uh, I'll be completely honest about that. I went to college. I got a degree, and I did not get a degree to do video production or do YouTube or anything else. I very much enjoy this, and I'm actually getting impassioned about it all again. Uh, it was one of those things, too. I'm coming near the end of this topic because I'm tired of talking about it, but it got to the point I really thought of doing it. I was kind of nervous. I ran it by my girlfriend. I ran it by a few other peers, and the more I thought of it, the more I was like, why don't Why don't I do this? Why don't I downgrade to four videos a week? Some people might say that uh, you know it might hurt growth. It might hurt any of this other stuff. Here's the thing, so far, I've looked at the numbers, I've crunched them, I've tried it at least a little bit, you know, I've tried it this first week here, and the channel has either stayed the same or has been better, so this might actually be an organic improvement. Uh, on top of that as well, too, uh, Devin, one of my, you know, one of my best friends and a person who, uh, he, he's the co-host on my podcast, well, Mod chat and everything else, even when I ran it by him, he was saying, you know, admittedly there's a lot of videos of yours that i miss um your videos are not the type where you have to watch every single one but if you uploaded one video a week as opposed to two I'm, I'm pretty sure I would watch every single video that you put out. Uh, so that's another thing. It's You have to find that, that space. For example, a lot of people say you have to upload every single day to get gains. Uh, there are some people where they can't produce that type of content every single day. Or they might not be entertaining to watch every single day, let's be honest. Uh, or a lot of vloggers, yeah, in the vlog sphere, you upload every day. You upload every other day, something like that. Uh, with more technical related stuff, you might not have to upload every single day. I could... I could upload every day. And this is something I've thought of. Uh, If I want to not really do too much else with my life, not allow myself really any free time and put aside all the stuff that I really have to do, I could upload every single day, but I don't want to because not only because of all that that I mentioned, uh, but I would just be miserable with it and then it would become too much of a job. Uh, But now I feel like with this, if I do four videos a month, uh, the live streamed podcast and this podcast here—that's going to be enough well-rounded content where I can provide four i believe—are going to be solid video releases. I'll provide the mod chat podcast that people like, and then I'll be providing this podcast as well too. And sometimes we might deviate. Sometimes if I have you know a short quick video, I'll put that up on a Wednesday here and there. Uh, but there are still going to be weekly releases of videos. So it's one of those things. Kind of wrapping this all up here. I feel like this is good for the channel yes i'm uploading less but i feel like it's going to be beneficial for everything else so traveling (laughs) i was mentioning that i was mentioning that Um, i've been going up to uh, the northern states here quite a bit more this has been for work and I just realized I don't want to be somewhere where it's super cold. I really don't want to be somewhere where it's super cold. So I'm pretty happy where I'm at here. Uh but what ended up happening even recently when I was gone, uh I was gone for a week. And I think it was I got there Saturday. So just a few days later, it was Tuesday morning. What ended up happening was I was sitting down. <laughs> I was in I was not in the best position like posture-wise. And then I ended up coming up, and I just felt like a sharp, stabbing pain in my back. (laughs) And I was done for the rest of the day. Uh, I still end up working, doing all this other stuff, uh, but man, I was in pain. Uh, And then also, I had my girlfriend with me while I was traveling as well, too. She decided to come along, so it's like during the day, I would work and do my projects, everything that I needed to, and then afterwards i would come back to the hotel pick her up you know we would go out to like in town and do all this other stuff whatever it might be uh and i was in pain for a lot of that uh, especially on top of that it was cold it was snowing there was ice all this other stuff um uh, So I was low-key a bit miserable because I will also tell you all of the pain as well, too. At first, it was just a major lower back pain. Uh, But after a day, that ended up kind of subsiding. And then it kind of went down to my hamstrings because everything is connected. So at first, you know, my lower back was painful. And then when that started subsiding, my hamstring became super sore. And then around that time, also, like, my right buttock, became sore because everything's connected there and now at this point it's just my right hand it's all on my right side but it's my right hamstring and my calf and I remember like the night I came back um, we were traveling back and I was going through the airports and everything and I'm just kind of like hobbling around Uh, it's one of those things where there's a median like The first thing in the day, like early in the morning, because I just end up sleeping for, you know, hopefully seven hours. That was seven hours of me not moving. So my everything is the most painful in the morning. And then after about an hour or two, as I get warmed up, as I'm moving around quite a bit, uh, it gets better. It gets tolerable. Uh, But then if I exert myself too much or if I'm just doing a ton of walking near the end of the day, everything starts hurting again. So that's what's been going on. I've kind of had to find that sweet spot between I can't just sit on my ass and wait for everything to recover because I'll be in pain. So I have to move, but I can't move around too much. Like I can't walk like five or six miles because then everything is going to hurt again. (laughs) I feel like these are old man problems. But man, this has just been it's been almost a week now at this point. And I feel like I'm like 90, 95 percent healed up. Uh, But getting into it, you know, I remember on Saturday I ended up traveling back And by the end, I was just tired. I was exhausted because when you're physically in pain, it's just it's it's exhausting on everything. It's exhausting on you physically because you're physically tired. You get mentally tired as well, too. Uh, And I didn't get angry. I didn't get snappy or anything, but I could tell that I wasn't pleasant to be around uh and even near the end before i went to bed like uh, i was walking around and my girlfriend just asked me hey are you okay i was like no i'm absolutely not okay i am miserable i need to not move (laughs) uh and then i end up sleeping but i remember the next day then when i woke up this has been the downside as well too i've been waking up early because as i said if i go long enough like when i'm sleeping if i get to a certain point where i have not been moving long enough everything starts to hurt and it hurts enough to the point where I end up waking up. So I woke up from the pain and I said, you know what? I have have to pee. I'm going to go. So it was like five in the morning. And I remember I was standing there. Thanks for moving around, Lily. Appreciate you. Uh, But I was standing there, you know, I was peeing all that other stuff. But near the end, I started kind of losing my balance a little bit and I started seeing white and I have never passed out. There's been maybe like, two times in my life where there's like a a certain few seconds or maybe a minute or two that I don't remember. Uh, But I've never passed out fully. But I've gotten to that point where I've almost fainted. Uh, There's been maybe two or three times in my life where I've just started seeing white and people have said, yeah, you're you're about to faint. Uh, So I could feel it coming. And so I just I stopped right there. I finished up. I, I came out of the bathroom. And I remember I go over to the bedroom and I turned on the light. And of course, it's like five in the morning. So my girlfriend is probably sour, like, dude, it's five in the morning. What are you doing? And she asked if I was OK. And I said, no, I, I am about to pass out like I need to. And that was the thing. I, I had to turn on the light so I could get a clear sigh, sight of going back to the bed. <laughs> but I got back in bed and then I was fine afterwards. I was OK then. Uh, but that, that that was spooky. That was spooky. But in short, I was in so much pain that I almost passed out from it. That is how this leg situation has been. It has not been fun. <laughs> uh, even today as well, too. Uh, today is Monday. Uh, I went to bed around midnight. And I woke up at 5 a.m. And again, same issue. I had gone long enough, uh, not moving to the point where I was in pain. And I woke up and I took uh, some ibuprofen. I took like 800 milligrams of ibuprofen. Didn't do anything. I drank water. Didn't do anything. Uh, And then I've been using Bengay. I've been using uh, like Biofreeze as well too. Uh, But I rubbed that on twice. Didn't do anything. So I was just laying there. Like I was on my phone until like 6.20 or 6.30 in the morning. And it was at the point where I just kind of sat there. I'm like, you know, I have two options. I can either stay in bed And sit here on my phone and be miserable and tired. Or I can get up and start moving around. Which I know is going to be very painful at first. But then the pain will start subsiding and I'll just get used to it. And everything will get warmed up and I can you know get my leg moving again. Um, And then I'll just be tired. Like I'll be kind of grumbly but I'm going to be tired instead of in pain and tired. Uh, So that's what I ended up doing. So that's... (laughs) This has not like I've I mean, I've had times before where I was sick, where I ended up uh, I was coughing a bunch and it was preventing me from sleeping. Uh, But this is the first time in my life I can think of where I have been like I've almost passed out from pain and I have been woken up from pain multiple times. Uh, this is, this has not been a fun venture. Some people might be asking, why don't you go to a doctor? Because I can feel it healing up. Uh, I had something similar happen before and the doctor just kind of said, there's like, you know, just take a bunch of ibuprofen, drink a lot of water, uh, walk around enough. Don't exert yourself and you should be okay. And yeah, my, my aches healed up. And even now I'm feeling a lot better, but hopefully in the next day or two this will all resolve that's how it's been with traveling so in short when people have been asking like how everything was i'm just like yeah existence is pain that's how it is (laughs) and that kind of at least for me personally kind of put a damper on the trip uh because i could have done a lot more i could have been less miserable but you know what it's it wasn't like i chose to injure myself um it's not like i chose to have this pain so we're, we're healing up we're healing up everything's all right uh, but going on with that, let's do something a little more lighthearted here, <laughs> games being played games that I'm playing right now. So I'm, I'm kind of doing the juggling thing a little bit, but let's see. I'm literally on the very last mission of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I kind of just need to fire that up and finish it. Uh, I haven't even tempted it yet. It's just, I know I'm on the last mission. I just need to finish the game so I can have, you know, my first beaten game of this year and my first beaten game of of january Uh, on the side though i have been playing grand theft auto liberty city stories which i've never finished this game the two stories game so out of all the 3d grand theft autos that was grand theft auto 3 is what really got me into gaming that's what got me started Um, that's what wanted me to get a console and start playing video games Uh, Out of all those, I I finished three Vice City and San Andreas years ago, uh, and even multiple times I finished some of them, Uh, but I have never finished the Stories games. Uh, I've never played Vice City Stories on PS2, I've like, you know, demoed it a little bit just to like try some cheats and stuff, Uh, but I played Vice City Stories on PSP, I played Liberty City Stories on PS2 and PSP, and I never finished either of those, unfortunately. I don't remember exactly how far I got, uh, but I just know I've never gotten past Staunton Island, so it's been refreshing playing this, uh, because I've been having fun playing Liberty City Stories, and Grand Theft Auto 3, again, my all-time favorite game, and I recently finished Grand Theft Auto 3 again, I played through... Grand Theft Auto Three on uh the original Xbox, and I love that game. Love it, love it so much. Uh, but you know, I've I've played it a few times already. I I know what Grand Theft Auto Three Liberty City has to offer. You know, Liberty City Two Thousand One. I know what that has to offer at this point. So it is great playing through Liberty City stories because I get to play through a nineteen ninety eight version of Liberty City, and it's the same town except you can tell they just took the map and they modified it and changed a few things. But then it's funny because even though it is a prequel it has improvements of a sequel like for example they have motorcycles in the game Grand Theft 3 didn't have motorcycles, you can shoot out tires, Grand Theft 3 didn't have tires that you can shoot out, uh, and just there's things that are under construction, there's things that have more detail, there's, there's things that have less detail, uh, some of the car spawns, well a lot of the car spawns are different, um, but it's so fun going back and revisiting this, it feels like for the first time. So, so far it's not as good as Grand Theft Auto 3, uh, but I see the improvements they've made, a uh, few, few things they've gone forward on, a few things they've taken some steps back on in my opinion at least Uh, but the last thing i've really enjoyed about it is they really fleshing out the characters like for example in grand theft auto 3 you just know that uh salvatore leone he is and i always said leone but his name's actually leone uh salvatore leone he is the mob boss he is the you know the 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 godfather the boss of the leone crime family syndicates you know the the typical mafia in liberty city And that's really all it is. Uh, Spoiler, here's, you know, I'm not even gonna drop the spoiler, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, But in Liberty City Stories, he is, you get to learn about who he is, you get to see him in dialogue-heavy cutscenes, and you get to learn so much more about him as a character, how he acts, his relationship with his wife, and everything. Uh, This is all just stuff they touched up on in Grand Theft Auto 3, and it's because they weren't focusing on the story there. Uh, It was there, but it was, you know, kind of a beta, so to speak, you know. I don't think they really, truly focused on story, like, gave it, you know, much of a focus until Vice City, Uh, because then they were fleshing out the characters more, Uh, they were bringing out the dialogue, they were trying to, you know, have a more cohesive storyline, they were trying to put some drama in there. They did that in Grand Theft Auto 3 too, but everything kind of seemed, you know, level and par for the course and kind of safe so to speak. Uh, But you're just getting to see all these characters that you ran into in Grand Theft Auto 3, but now they're fleshed out in Liberty City Stories. In, In Liberty City Stories, you play as Tony Cipriani, and he's skinny in this one. And you get to see why his mom hates him and why his mom gives him so much shit. And you get to deal with his mom a lot more. Uh, You get to deal with Maria. You get to deal with just all these other people. I kind of looked at a guide just to see where I was at mission-wise. And I was really happy to see several other characters coming back. Uh, Also, Donald Love, for example, in in 2001 in uh, Grand Theft Auto 3... He is a just typical corrupt politician, very cool uh, very calm demeanor uh, but super corrupt and he asks you to do some real bad stuff in Vice, not in, in Liberty City stories he's a he's a kook. he's crazy. <laughs> uh, in Vice City stories for example, which I can't wait to play that again. Uh, you play as uh, Vic, I think Victor yeah Victor Vance. you play as Lance Vance's younger brother. In Vice City, if anyone calls spoilers on this, dude, the the game has been out since 2002, 2003, and the thing I'm about to tell you happens in the first five minutes of the game, so it's really not a spoiler, Uh, but you play as Lance's younger brother. Lance's younger brother is in Vice City, but he dies within the first five minutes, and that's all you hear about it. Lance mentions it, and he brings up that his brother got killed and all this other stuff, but that's all it is. You then get an entire storyline dedicated to his brother. I think the only disappointment out of this was uh, I know when like shortly after Vice City Stories came out, everyone's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, San Andreas Stories is definitely going to happen. And that never happened. And I think that could have been a really awesome opportunity uh, for Rockstar to seize. I know uh, they, they had a multitude, like, San Andreas, they really focus on the story there. They had a multitude of characters they could have gone after. I don't think they would have gone after CJ, uh, but was it his, I believe it was CJ's younger brother who died in San Andreas. It would have been cool to play as CJ's younger brother in San Andreas stories. Or maybe you can play as Sweet in San Andreas stories. Those are, like, the two characters I was thinking of there. Um so it would have been nice to do that. I think that Rockstar had that all set up. They had it all on a plate for them. But also, I think at the time it was because Liberty City, not Liberty City, but specifically Vice City Stories, that really came out near the end, like the tail end of the PS2's life cycle. I think by the time that came out, the PS3 was out. So maybe that was a factor with it. With San Andreas, they're just like, well, look, we, we kind of just you know took the old games and I've never talked this out before. This is interesting. Uh, maybe they just said something where they said, hey, you know what? We we just took the old games, like Grand Theft Auto 3. We just took that. We retooled it. We made it Liberty City Stories. Easy. Not not easy, but y- you know, hey, just just bear with it. Vice City, they said, hey, we took Vice City. We retooled the maps and everything. We made Vice City Stories. San Andreas, we can't really do that because if we take the game and retool it and refashion it, we can make San Andreas Stories But then we're going to release it on PS2, which is pretty much a dead platform at this point. We're going to release it on PSP, which PSP is going to be going out here in a little bit. It might not be worth it. We can put it on PS3, but we're also kind of focusing on this other game we have called Grand Theft Auto 4. So maybe we should focus on that and learning more about the Rage Engine on a 7th gen system as opposed to messing around with San Andreas stories, which they would have probably inevitably had to put onto the Xbox 360 and PS3. That's all I can really think of on there. Point is, I feel like San Andreas Stories would have been a awesome trilogy. It would have been a great way to create and end a trilogy of stories games in the Grand Theft Auto universe. And unfortunately, we're we're never going to get that. Um, yeah, we're never going to get it. That was all speculation as well, too. That was just kind of speculation off the top of the dome. I think it would have been great to get, but whatever. you know, Beggars can't be choosers. So, there's one TV show... I really want to talk about, and it is the show called Wilfred. Now we ended up watching this. We, as in uh, my girlfriend, I ended up watching it and I introduced her to it. Now I saw the, I saw Wilfred, not the Australian version. I've never watched the Australian version for anyone that doesn't know. It started off in Australia. Uh, It finished. It was two seasons, I believe. And then it got a American version. And I remember when it came out in 2011, And I don't remember exactly how I got a hold of it or how I started watching it, but I just remember I heard about it and I saw some previews and it's about a guy named Ryan who he ends up having to babysit his neighbor's dog at the beginning of the show. And his neighbor's dog is a about six foot tall Australian man who is in a dog suit. And that's all, you know, and that, that's all I'm going to tell you all story-wise about this, like, direct storyline. Uh, but I saw the first two seasons, and for whatever reason, I just stopped watching. I do that with a lot of TV shows, unfortunately. It's not that I don't like them. It's not that they get sour. It's not that they get boring. I just stop watching TV shows a lot of the time. And I did that with Wilfred. Now, Wilfred in the U.S. has four seasons, so I've seen half of it. And I think one night we were just thinking of something to watch, and I asked, like, hey, do you want to watch Wilfred? And she said, sure. Like, my girlfriend said, sure, let's give it a try. So we decided to start watching that, and she really enjoyed it, and I found my enjoyment with it again as well, too. Uh, So we burned through all four seasons pretty fast, and man, you know, it's it's definitely one of my favorite shows now. It, It was enjoyable, and I would recommend people watch it, but... I've seen a lot of TV shows now, and I've gotten a bit more critical and more analytical with them as well. Um, And that's for a variety of different reasons. But I think the the really disappointing thing here is you could tell that there was something wrong in season four. And by that, I mean, and I'm going to, when it comes to the story, I'm, I'm talking about the meta of the show itself and the development so if you're worried about storyline spoilers i'm not going to reveal those. uh but so it should be safe but even if you go and you decide to watch and just binge watch, binge watch the entire series now i'm sure you're probably going to feel this when i talk about it so in season four uh it's 10 episodes and the previous seasons are 13 episodes typically what you see with a tv show is you might see, you know, the pilot is shorter. It's like six or seven episodes. And then season two onwards is 13. They start off with 13 episodes for season one. And season two and season three also got 13. Season four, the dramatic final season with the finale to this show, got 10 episodes. So what happened? Well, uh, I end up learning about this from Red the Trainer. Uh, He told me, this is on Twitter, and then I ended up uh, looking into this a little more on my end. Uh, But apparently, for whatever reason, uh, Fox kind of shafted this show. Uh, It originally started airing on Fox, I believe. Um, That was it. Let me double check that. All right. So this show was produced by Fox, uh, but it was on FX, the TV show. Uh, And from what I understand, they ended up moving it to another network, which I didn't even know of until recently, called FXX. So I don't know if that's just kind of like the MTV two of FX or whatever it is or whatever MTV two was. Uh, but what ended up happening was, oh, thank you, Lily. Uh, what ended up happening was they kind of got shafted there. So it goes to a premium different network. And of course, because of that, it loses a lot of its viewership and a lot of its fan base, because there's a lot of people that aren't going to subscribe to FXX for just one TV show. That's not going to happen. Uh, then on top of that, uh, it was just getting less viewership. Like I know, season one did very, very well. Season two did okay. Season three, it started kind of going down. Um, so that kind of ca- that was a negative catalyst for it. Uh, but then Fox also decided to kind of can- not Fox FX. They decided to cancel it early on. So that way they had to end up rushing the show. So that's why it's only ten episodes instead of thirteen episodes. And I remember when I was watching this. I called it out to my girlfriend because I believe it was specifically either episode five or episode six of season four. Granted, I have thoroughly enjoyed the show prior to this uh, for the past three and a half seasons, uh, but then I believe it was episode six. I'm watching it, and about halfway through, I kind of looked at my girlfriend and say, "This episode sucks." This is the worst episode of this series, like of the season. Do you feel this of like the whole series? And she agreed with me that it was, it was that episode that was tainted somehow. Uh, I don't want to get into the specifics on it, but I know another thing was very obvious with it here. They ended up changing a few of the actors. They kept the characters in the show, but they changed the actors. So it was like episode six, seven, eight, and nine. I felt like were incredibly weak. And then episode 10, I enjoyed. But you could also tell that they went with a very safe finale for the show. That's the best way I could explain it. Yes, Lily, I'm talking about another dog. You're jealous, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, she's jealous about that. I would recommend you check it out, but... I just, I I got kind of obsessed with looking into that as well because I was just really annoyed. I was like, this show was great. What happened? And as I said, it was it was such a d- dynamic shift. Like, even season four, I really enjoyed it. And I'm quite sure it was episode six. So, like, just after the halfway point, I, I remember specifically watching that episode and I said out loud, this is the worst episode of this show. <laughs> and I have never done that before. But it's a show that I very much enjoy. I would, again, recommend anyone check it out if you have interest in this or if it just sounds interesting to you. Um, Yeah. One of those issues where great show, but it ends up getting killed and kind of mauled and ends up suffering because of network decisions Uh, i know twin peaks for example i still haven't seen twin peaks season three uh but twin peaks season two that ended up getting the shaft because uh in short they uh not again i'm gonna say this storyline plot but i don't feel like it's a spoiler uh lori palmer i believe that's her name uh ends up getting killed at the very very beginning of the series so you find that's like the first thing you find out about the series and uh, the network wanted to was it on CBS? Either way, the network who was in charge of that show uh, Twin Peaks, they wanted to reveal Laurie's killer in season one. And David Lynch said, no, we can't do that. We only have seven episodes. We can't do that. So season two, that comes out and it keeps going and going. And, and David Lynch, he he has a very different way of thinking and doing and delivering all of his you know TV shows and films and his media that he works on. Uh, that's just the type of person he is. Well, what happened was the viewership kept going down, and it kept going down, and it kept going down. So the network said, all right, you need to reveal who Lori's killer is. And they said, like the creator said, we can't, we can't. And they said, okay, well, you have two options. Either one, uh, next week's episode, you reveal who the killer is, or we'll we'll just cancel the show right now, and this will be the end of Twin Peaks. Of course, the the production team didn't want the show to end. So they decided next week they were going to reveal who Laurie's killer was. And they advertised it heavily. And this is going to be the thing that brought everyone back to the show. And it did. And it worked successfully. They revealed who Laurie's killer was at one point in season two. But then that screwed up a lot of other side stories that they had. A lot of other side storylines that they had going on. uh, And just so many other things that needed more development with the show. It ended up butchering all that. And then it kind of came to just... A mess of garbage, really. Um, I need to go back and watch this as well too. I just know that near the end, that was also another show where near the end, it's like, okay, what the hell is going on? Like, what, what, what is this at this point? Kind of had that Wilford effect. (laughs) That's what we'll call it—the Wilford effect. I've also been, funny enough, I've kind of been revealing, like, talking about a few things, and uh, I've been describing a, a few bad ways of delivery as Xenogears Disc 2. Now, I've never finished Xenogears. That's actually one game I'd like to play and I'd like to finish up. Uh, but I talked with my uh, one of my good friends about this. And he was telling me, uh, he was explaining Gears to me. He's like, no, man, it's, it is my all-time favorite game. And I asked, well, can you explain some to me? Because I've heard people say that one of the discs is significantly better than the other because it's a two-disc game on PlayStation. And I asked if he explained explain to me. He said, yeah, yeah, sure. Disc one, it's perfect. It's amazing. You have these awesome characters. You have awesome boss battles. The worlds are incredible. Everything is just awesome when you go through. It is perfect. And then you switch a disc two and you read everything. And this is a Japanese RPG. So I'm like, okay, well, what's up with that? He's like, no, 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 Danny. It's like... It, it it's, just, it's a black screen and there's stuff in the background and you have to read a wall of text and it says, okay, this happened and then this person did this and then this person said this and then they went here and then this boss battle happened and then you have a boss battle. Then it go back, it goes back to the wall of text and it says, okay, now this happened and then this happened and then this happened and then this happened and this happened right here and the team went here and then a boss battle and then you do the boss battle and it keeps repeating that so when he played it, he was younger. He wasn't looking this up on the internet. Like a lot of people were just going crazy with speculation over what the hell happened. Because in short, the the game becomes an ebook, really. <laughs> um, and I've looked it up as well, too, and that it seems to confirm what it is. It's just it's a black screen and there's white text scrolling. And then there's a character who's in a chair telling the story, and you could see like there's images that show what is happening. So my friend was even telling me it's like he was confused because it, the the game is right like you could see the gameplay like the gameplay is in still images right there so what happened and recently I believe it was last year uh, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku is it uh, he ended up interviewing uh, the person who was directing that game I believe and they said well look you know at the time uh, we were learning about 3D we had some interns and uh, we had to get the game out we really had to get the game out so uh, SquareSoft, they said okay you, you have two options uh you could either release disc one or you or, or not or you just have to you know you have this deadline you either release disc one now or you meet the deadline and disc two was not to his vision but he wanted to tell the entire story of xenogears so that's why it's like disc one there was so much love and time and everything crafted into it but then disc two the story is there But literally the gameplay is not there. Um, And again, he said that, not my friend, like the creator of the game, he said that this was because of just a multitude of different reasons. There was budget, there was time, uh, and because of that they spent so much time working on earlier parts of the game because 3D was new, they were working with a lot of people that were not well-versed in game development at all, so they had to learn how to do game development on this weird platform. Uh, using, you know, this 3D-type stuff that, that that was still new in the 90s. Uh, so it was just a lot of factors like that. It'd be interesting if they ever re- redid that. That'd be cool to see. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been explaining some things like a Xenogears Disc 2. Uh, that's not really what they did with Wilfred, but, uh, for example, I was playing uh, Sonic Forces. That was, the, uh, that was the other game I was playing. Uh, Sonic Forces, like, at one point, you're playing through Sonic at the beginning, and then it explains what happens like he gets captured by Eggman and then it's just a black screen with white text and it says this happened and now this happened and then 18 months later and I remember I took a screenshot of it and I sent to my friend and I was like dude Sonic of all games Sonic just pulled a Xenogears disc 2 we had a good laugh about it so yeah Zero Gears DS2, that's that's, that's a good way to explain some things where uh, the story is there, but the delivery is just horrible and off and different compared to everything else. I need to play through that, though. Finally, one of the last things I want to talk about was um, some YouTube stuff. Not even with my channel on here directly, uh, but kind of some meta YouTube stuff. So... Uh, there's one YouTuber I want to talk about. I debated on talking about this, but uh, I have a few things I want to say on it. And this I've actually kept to myself. And then the other thing is with the demonetization, which I'm sure a lot of people are tired of talking about. And I, I never mentioned this on my channel. I never talked about the apocalypse or the demonetization or anything else. And I feel like that was good as well, too, because there were so many issues, like there were so many videos and YouTubers creating multiple videos about the demonetization and the adpocalypse and the ad boycott and all this other stuff. Uh, And I just kept making my content. I guess I just kept doing it. I just kept going through with it all. And I feel like that helped out the channel, um, which I'll get into later on. But first off is a YouTuber who I guess I'll just say his name on here. I'm sure some people have heard of him. His name is Cernando. Now, I don't know him through clickbait, clickbait excuse me, Grand Theft Auto 5 stuff. Uh, I'll actually share the story of how I had some personal time with him, I guess you can say. Uh, so this is back when I was doing 3DS modding videos, and I had a, a tutorial on how to set up a Sky 3DS, and he ended up... Commenting on my channel there, like on, on the video there and on a few other videos, he's like, Hello, my friend, I'm looking for some help on this here. Uh, could you please, you know, reach out to me and help out? And I just replied, I'm like, Dude, you like, don't like, what are you doing? You're asking for help on like my latest video, like that's not how this works. Uh, message me. He's like, Oh, okay, sorry, man. So he messaged me, like, personal messaged me on YouTube, and at first I was kind of distant a little bit, uh, but then. Not gonna lie, one of the things is I I saw I saw his channel count. I think at the time he like his sub count. I think at the time he had less than a million subscribers. Uh, He was verified and everything, but he had less than a million. And I was like, oh, this is this is a big guy. I don't think I'm ever going to collaborate with him, but he could probably help me out with a few things. Like, I know this guy probably knows a lot more about YouTube than I do, so we can kind of, you know, I, I could exchange some tips with him, or I can more learn from him with a few different things. Thankfully, I never learned the clickbait thing. <laughs> but uh, I will say this. From a personal level, level, excuse me, Sernando was always very nice to me, very cordial, all that other stuff. Um, I was actually kind of more the one who dropped him, and I'm not trying to say that to sound cool by any means. I'm going to get into it with the story here. But after we talked a bit i was like you know what dude um follow me on twitter uh and we can just dm on there uh that's better than the youtube messaging so we messaged back and forth i was like yeah dude this is what you can do um this is what the sky 3ds does this is what i recommend you do you can go out you can buy this system uh and then you can get the sky 3ds get this card this is what i recommend you buy the sky 3ds get everything set up and you should be good just follow this video and you'll be okay and he's like oh dude thank you so much i appreciate it and i said hey no, no problem now could i could i ask you a few things and he said, sure, like fire away. And I asked him about a few YouTube things. I asked him about getting verified. I asked him about a few other things and he answered everything for me. And he was again, like he himself personally, he was a nice guy. Um, but then what happened was it's one of those things. Some people say you need to separate the artist from the, like the, the, the artist from the art at times. And this is, Come many, many times recently where we've seen actors and musicians who make phenomenal art um, that really touches us, but then they end up getting accused of rape or anything else. It's hard to do that. It is really hard to do that. I'll tell you that. So I I believe in that to an extent. And this is not that by any means. That might not be the best, you know, segue into this. Uh, but what happened was, you know, uh, he ended up getting his Sky 3DS and we he waited a few weeks to get it and everything. Uh, but I was following him on Twitter and it was just the content he was making, and the tweets he was sending out. Like I was seeing this stuff because I didn't mute him, but I was seeing it. And it just annoyed me. And I, I got kind of sour about it because I'm like, dude, you are... And I it wasn't even a jealousy thing, honest to God. It wasn't a jealousy thing. It was just more of a thing of, you are like everything on this website that is scummy and bad. Like, you, you are the reason for so many issues. It's because people like you who are doing all of this stuff, which many people saw with the clickbait content he was making. So a few weeks later, he hit me up and he's like, hey, so I end up getting this. Uh, what's up? And I was like, well... Uh, some things have changed like yeah the sky 3ds is still worth it but you can custom firmware 3ds he's like oh yeah yeah i want to do that how can i do it and i was like well here's my playlist right here of 3ds videos i was kind of cold about it but i just kind of said here's my playlist of 3ds videos follow those you'll be able to figure it out he's like well can you help me with it i was like dude here's my playlist of 3ds videos i explain everything in depth there watch those follow along figure it out and he's like yeah but i don't know how to do it and i was like well dude Here's my playlist of 3DS videos, watch those, figure it out, you'll be able to do it, like, everything's broken down step by step, I really don't want to break this down for you step by step, uh, and yeah, no, I was, uh, I'm gonna admit, I was a little bit cold about that because, you know, of the content he was making, (laughs) um, but no, oh, then that that was the last time I talked with him. At one point, I think even prior to that, I unfollowed him. Uh, but be- but because he was still following me, he was still able to DM me and all that other stuff. Uh, eventually, he unfollowed me, and I didn't I didn't gain anything directly off that. Um, it-, it was it was cool rubbing shoulders with him, I guess. Uh, but I know from what i saw he's gotten his content has gotten even worse like occasionally like there's some people i know of them on youtube i don't follow them but i know of them and occasionally i like check in with him and he was actually one of those people like occasionally i would stop by his channel and be like i wonder what this guy is doing now because he was doing clickbait grand theft auto 5 content for a while and then he stopped and then he did click big theft auto 5 content again and then he stopped doing that and then he started doing other videos the thing that really irked me though uh was one of the last things he was doing where this is going on for weeks he started becoming a reaction channel and unfortunately i can't show you any of the videos because his channel is terminated it has been terminated by youtube he had over two or three million subscribers i want to say i don't i i know it was at least two million uh so it, it was huge channel of course And I think it's good to see that because we're seeing that a lot of times there are YouTubers who are just big and they're getting away with all these other things that a lot of people are sour about. They shouldn't be getting away with, unfortunately. Um, And Sernando was one of those people. The the, the thing that I had an issue with, uh, yes, he was clickbaiting heavily. I will say this. uh, Clickbait is used as a derogatory term a lot of the time. Uh, People use that as an insult against content. Now, clickbait... Is not necessarily bad. Uh, yes, you can sensationalize a title and clickbait it, but if the clickbaited title is accurate to content that is in the video, it's not misleading. What people get upset with is misleading clickbait. And what I mean by that is, I believe he did have one video where it was like, How I Got Grand Theft Auto 6 Early. And when you watch the video, he keeps repeating the same thing over and over and over and saying, hey, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, Uh, smack the like button, subscribe, smack it again, whatever it is. Uh, And then he says, hey, you know what? So uh, I'm sorry. I lied to you all like 80 times. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, I don't have it. I don't have it. The game, the game's not out. I don't have it. That is a misleading title. That is misleading clickbait. Uh, where, you know, it says, how to get Grand Theft Auto 6 earlier, how I got it. And then he says, yeah, I don't have it, actually. I lied to you all. Sorry. That is straight up misleading. That is the clickbait that people do not like. Uh, but if you have another clickbait... I'm trying to... I can't think of an example right now. But again, there are times where if it's clickbait and the content of that clickbaited title and thumbnail is in the video um, it's appropriate clickbait. Yeah, it might annoy you, but it's there. So <laughs> it, it, it's all about the examples on that. But going back to the reaction videos here, uh, what he was doing was I was seeing he was doing this for weeks. Uh, if you clicked on a video and it would be something like, and this was more of the misleading stuff uh, where he had a video. I remember one of them was something like, um, I rode my dirt bike in school. And then you click it and it's him in the top corner, and there's some music playing, and he's just reacting to watching this video. So it's not his video, he's reacting to a video. He's watching it, and he's like, oh, no way, dude, no way, oh my god, I can't believe he did that, oh my god. And then his intro would come in, and then after his intro faded out, uh, then it would go to the actual video, which is supposed to be a reaction video, right? But it wasn't. He literally took, took the video... Or series of videos because sometimes it was you know a a coagulation of videos of the same topic and he just literally put the videos there that was it so he did a fake reaction at the beginning for about 10 or 15 seconds to draw you in and then he just did a direct re-upload of the video with no commentary with no editing with nothing else added so he was literally just stealing content there and I don't, I don't know if anybody else really deduced this. I know the people in the GTA 5 community, they were really going after Cernando for his stuff. Um, but I noticed with these videos, they were going on for a few weeks. And nothing was happening with them. Like, they weren't getting taken down. There were no strikes. Nothing of the sort that I noticed, at least. Uh, but one thing that I did notice on there was, in a lot of videos, he was wearing the same shirt or the same jacket. And I think what he did, and I know this, like I, 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 I should say, I theorize this because I do batch content. I bet this dude wanted to take a break, or he was on vacation for a few weeks, so he decided to make like 20, just shit out like 20 or 30 of these really low-quality fake reaction videos where he found some videos, he put them all together, he did a 30, like 20, 30-second reaction, cut it down, put his intro in, and then did the video and rendered it out, and then I bet he upload all these, scheduled them, and he was just, you know, he was just raking in free money right there at that point. Very low effort content, stealing content, very misleading content, but he was he was making, he was doing excellent numbers on it as well too uh, for putting in very minimal effort it was just the stealing content thing that really got me um the clickbait thing yeah that was annoying that was the stuff that I didn't like but it was the lying stuff and then the the stealing of content because again I'm not exaggerating this at all he would do a 10 second or so fake reaction so it looks like it's like oh yeah this guy is watching the video and reacting to it and then the intro and then it was just the video afterwards for like 10 minutes and 30 seconds. So, you know, you're able to get it to that 10 minute mark and then put ads on there. Extremely low quality stuff. Extreme scumbag stuff. Uh, He's terminated. I'm happy that you know, this did happen. Disappointed that it took so long for YouTube to take a hold of this, especially because I'm sure there were people who were constantly flagging his content for spam and misleading and stealing videos and all that other stuff. Uh and he got terminated by YouTube. It wasn't because of copyright notices. It was because like copyright strikes. It was because of community guideline strikes. Uh so yeah, <laughs> that is the whole that that that's been my opinion, my theory on that. I have not told anyone about that, so it's interesting to finally say that out loud. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to go over here was, you know, the the YouTube demonetization, the apocalypse, all that stuff happening. So. In short, you know, PewDiePie did some bad stuff months and months ago, and then we've seen ads on videos that shouldn't have been making money because they just weren't all that good. There was a certain Chief Keef video that was happening with um, ISIS videos as well too that was happening, uh, just videos that big companies understandably did not want their advertisements on. Uh, and then the adpocalypse ended up happening, and the thing that people have been getting the most angry about, you know, this was the adpocalypse or the demonization gate or whatever it was is when you upload a video to youtube if it is not if it doesn't have anything that you know goes under like goes under content id if it doesn't flag under content id uh, you're able to monetize it now there are a lot of videos where you upload them and instead of a green dollar sign you get a yellow icon dollar sign and that means that there is something something with the video that means that you might not be able to get as many ads and as much ad revenue as you could Um, there's just something off with it and i've noticed it's been at least on my channel for several different things Um, there are sometimes i see it and i'm like oh well that's completely obvious uh you know i put this tag in there or it's about a sensitive topic or it's about you know a ao rated game or a very violent video game so that's why it got flagged under this but then there's other times where i've noticed a lot of the time uh, this is how I've been able to actually get through the uh, demonetization type thing. Uh, so all, my, my advice is to always request review. Just always do it. But a lot of the times, um, I upload my videos, as I said, early. I upload my stuff in batches. And when I upload my content, uh, when it goes up, I upload it as unlisted. And a lot of the times, shortly after I upload it, if I don't touch the metadata, it turns to a yellow sign. It goes from green to yellow. And then I go through, I add a thumbnail, I add um, stuff in the description, I add tags, I go through, I do the outro stuff, I do cards in the video, I edit everything else. And then when I save, shortly after that, or even immediately after that, it goes back to a green, which convinces me, and I believe YouTube has said this multiple times, they've confirmed it, that a video could just go yellow because of a lack of metadata. Uh, If you upload something and the, the, the content ID, you know, ad bot scans it and it's like, Okay, well, there's, like, no metadata in here. There's no custom thumbnail. There's nothing. I don't know what the hell this video is. Better to be safe than sorry, so it gives you a yellow dollar sign. Uh, But then because I do unlisted, there's several times where uh, one of the videos, for example, my PS3 jailbreak video, I bet it's because I said jailbreak. I bet it is because, you know, jailbreak was in the title and the thumbnail and the description and all that other stuff and the and the tags. Um, because I noticed, I uploaded it and it was fine. I did all the metadata, it was fine. The next day, I got a yellow dollar sign. But I did a request review. And if the video is private or unlisted, you, you're you able to get it done faster. If it's a public video, you have to wait for the video to gain a thousand views, Within a 7 day time frame before it gets reviewed. So any videos that have like 200 views. And you uploaded 6 years ago. Those are going to stay yellow unfortunately. But I still recommend requesting review on those. Because I've had several videos. That have come back and been green again. Uh, But what ended up happening with my PS3 video. Was I requested review after all the metadata was done. And after 2 days it went to green. And then you know a few days later I end up releasing the video. But that's why I still recommend doing that. Now I myself I got... At worst, I got about six pages worth of videos hit with yellow dollar signs. At this point now, I have less than a page of videos with yellow dollar signs. When I upload new videos now, I've actually noticed on my secondary channel, I have more issues than on my main channel. Uh, But a lot of times, if I upload a video, it might get a yellow dollar sign. I add metadata to it. When I'm done metadata and tagging and everything, a lot of times it goes green after I give it metadata. If it's still yellow, I do request review. And every single video I've done it on, I've been able to uh, get my status back. The only video I have, the only video I have, which is for some reason, like it was confirmed to not be ad-friendly from a manual review, is a webcam vlog I did from my old laptop (laughs) and it's a private video it's not even up anymore but it is the only video i have that is still a yellow dollar sign and it has been confirmed by manual review to not be ad friendly and i just kind of sat there like huh that is that is stupid i don't know why the reason why i wasn't too mad about it all is because a lot of the videos for me that did get hit Uh, were old videos that don't get views anymore. And if they don't get views, I'm not going to be really getting any ad revenue from that. Um, And the yellow dollar sign, it really, it doesn't mean that the video is fully demonetized. It means that it might not get as much money as it could. Uh, The only video I have that I was a little bit disappointed that got hit with the yellow dollar sign was my Thrill Kill video. Uh, It's a video called What Happened to Thrill Kill? And, uh, that got hit with the yellow dollar sign. I believe it's because the game is unreleased. It was originally rated AO, uh, and it's, it's a violent video game and it's a video all about this violent video game. And it has footage from this very violent video game on there. Um, so understandably, so it's going to get a yellow dollar sign. I have done a request review on it, but unfortunately it has not, it's still getting views, but it has not gotten a thousand views in seven days. In a long, 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 long time. So, unfortunately, I think that video is just going to stay yellow. But then the rest of the yellow videos I have, um, they're all under a thousand views. I'm not, I'm not getting anything from them. So I'm missing out on like a few pennies maybe at that point. So that's why I'm not too worried about it. On top of that, I think it does help that I'm not blacklisted so to speak like there are some people where literally every they they have it so much worse and I feel for them but they have videos where like they upload it and it gets a yellow uh, sign so they request a review it goes green when the video hits public it goes yellow they request a review it goes green a few days later it goes yellow again or every single video they upload is yellow dollar sign Uh, those are the people like I, I feel for you on that but at the same time I haven't been hit with that thankfully and really, any new video I've uploaded, since this has hit, since this has hit, like this uh, demonetization and the, the attack of the yellow dollar sign, ever since that happened, every single video I've uploaded that's had a yellow dollar sign, I have been able to do a request review on it and get it green without fail every single time. And because I'm not doing a new show, because I'm not uploading and releasing a video in the same day sometimes i might upload a video a few days in advance sometimes i might upload it three weeks in advance uh and that's happened as well too sometimes i'll upload a video get it tagged and bagged and it's ready to upload in three weeks like it's, it's scheduled for three weeks from now maybe like a week and a half after i upload it it turns yellow so i do a request review two days later it's fine that just happens and YouTube even encourages that, too. They say, do request review on there because our algorithm is still learning. Our bot is still learning. The way it learns is you have to keep requesting review on here. And we are going to try and mess up less, hopefully. But, yeah, that, that's that been my experience with the demonetization. Um, but also, I want to say, you know, a big thank you to you all on that as well, too. Especially if you made it to the end of this. But mainly with all that. I've had some friends who have asked me, they're just like, yeah, that, that demonetization thing, did, did that hit you at all? And I kind of shrugged a little bit. I was like, yeah, I mean, I had a lot of videos that got hit and I requested a review and almost all of them came back green. But they were all videos that weren't getting views. It was none of my modern videos. Uh, even those videos now, the ones that got hit with yellow dollar signs, the ones that are several years old, that doesn't mean that they were suddenly demonetized. That means that they have not been making money for a while, that ads have not been running on them for a while, that ads were not suitable on those videos for a long time. And I'm just now getting notified of it, which I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but around this same time, a lot of... Uh, like. My my channel started doing a lot better. It started growing. It was getting more views. It was getting more subs. It was getting more watch time. And because of all that, admittedly, the revenue went up as well, too. So I kind of just told my friends, I said, yeah, I mean, I've gotten hit, but all the videos that have gotten hit don't matter to me. Like they don't really affect my bottom dollar, my bottom line, my statistics, my analytics on here. And on top of that, my channel's going through a big growth spurt right now. So I'm actually not feeling it. I'm actually seeing a massive amount of growth. I think that could be because of marketing, because of consistency, because of the schedule. But also, this is one piece of advice I can give to you all who might be content creators or you're wanting to do any of this stuff. Stay consistent with it. And it seems something. It seems like something so basic and so easy, but a lot of people mess up with that. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like my channel also flourished quite a bit Uh, Because of the whole the the meta of the demonetization of these videos, a lot of content creators understandably got really worried and a lot of them started uploading less or they started complaining a lot and they're saying, oh, well, I don't even feel like making videos anymore because any video I upload, it's going to get demonetized. And that was, that was actually really disappointing to see, I'll say, because, yeah, I understand it's a livelihood, but also it's like, dude, you should you should do it because you enjoy it. That's one reason why, going back in this podcast here, I decided I want to do less videos because I feel like if I do, if I release less videos per month, I'm going to enjoy this more than if I'm forcing myself to do more videos than I feel like I can handle personally. Um, but when it, when it came down to everything here, when it came down to all of this, all this fun stuff and not fun stuff and whatever it might be, um, the the whole demonetization act, I, I feel like I flourished through that because a lot of content creators, my favorite content creators, I'm sure your favorite content creators, they started uploading less. And that's when I started telling people around me, I was saying, dude, you should take this. And you, you, you need to find the silver lining. You need to make the best out of this. You need to continue uploading. Because if there's less people on YouTube who are uploading, guess what? That means less competition. If there's less competition, that means there is a better chance of your content rising to the top. You need to take advantage of this. And I just stayed consistent. I was uploading twice a week. I was doing the podcast once a month. And I was still able to grow on there and do well. And I feel like part of that was because of a lack of content. If there was less content that was being uploaded by others, there was less competition on that. So my content just had the opportunity to grow on there. (sighs) Yeah. That's also the first time I've really gotten to talk about the demonetization here on YouTube. So good topics. This is probably going to be what the podcast will be like, the dynamic of it and everything. If it's going to be solo. And I went about 30 minutes over, man, I just kept talking and talking and talking. So hopefully you all enjoyed this. If you're at the end, amazing. Like, wow, thank you for that. But please, please leave some constructive criticism, some feedback down below in the comment section, tweet me your thoughts, whatever it might be. If you're watching this on YouTube, social media links are down below in the description. This podcast I believe should be on. I plan to do a Podbean account for this. I'll try and be getting it on iTunes and Google Play and really wherever you can get your favorite podcasts. Because I want this to be an actual podcast, and by that I mean there are a lot of people who they do video podcasts or they do live stream podcasts. It's like, oh, okay, that's awesome. Where can I download? Wait, wait, wait! You have a podcast, but I can't find it on Pocket Casts, or I can't find it on SoundCloud, or I can't find it on Podbean or Google Play or iTunes. The whole point of a podcast is i'm supposed to find it in a podcast app or a website that's always kind of low-key annoyed me uh if if you are producing a podcast but you're not actually releasing it as a podcast it's not it's just it's just a a long live stream or it's a long form video but this i want it to be it, it will be a podcast that is released on podcasting outlets and on YouTube. That's where it's going to be. So that's, that's been my goal from that. And funny enough, that's actually, I mean, that's how many people have found Mod Chat as well, too. I've spoken with people who told me they found Mod Chat through their podcast app, not through YouTube. They had no idea who the hell I was. They just found a podcast that was all about modding, but and it was two dumb guys talking about it. <laughs> Anyways, hopefully you all enjoyed this. Hopefully you all were entertained. I really hope you were. And uh, here's to the first episode of 2018 on this. Uh, kind of first episode. Uh, one thing as a bonus episode zero is going to stay unlisted, but I am going to release episode zero on the podcasting platform, I will be releasing that on Podbean, so uh, if you are wanting to listen to that, like actually have a listenable MP3 version, whatever it might be, uh, subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes or Google Play or whatever you use to subscribe to podcasts, and episode zero will be available on there. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off, thank you all for watching everyone, thank you all for listening, and uh, this has been the first official episode of Mario's Minute.